And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten hours of gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Time to die. Bones Potato Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm John Edwards. And I'm Langley West. Episode 183. And uh, this is something we wanted to do for a long time. Right. Um, I. Uh, but it's uh, the type of thing that you don't want to do it to see. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, one of those shows I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also not looking forward to it. Sure. Because I'm not, I'm not really sure how it's going to go for, for any of us, let alone myself, mostly myself. But anyway, the, we're, we're going to be talking about films that deal with loss and grief so the film that addresses either the the idea of death for the main character mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to throw uh, obliquely I'm going to throw one that comes to mind Petrified Forest Trevor Howard 1920 Humphrey sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about him dying and facing someone that's going to uh, uh, try try to threaten him, but knowing that you can't threaten me, I'm going to kill myself anyway. Right. That kind of a thing. So so there's those. It's about the death of a loved one. It's about the death of a of a parent. There, there, it spins off into a lot of different different directions. Sure. Um, I uh, I'm uh, gonna and, and I'm gonna talk briefly about uh, one film that doesn't deal with. Oh, uh, good. The, uh, <laughs> That'll be good. Well, it, it's, it's a different kind of loss and a different kind of grief. Okay. And, and for me, you're going to notice almost a, uh, a timeline theme. The the movies that I'm bringing to bear are movies that have been fairly substantial through my life up to this point, um, and very timely in some cases. Good. Um, so, yeah. So, so I, I, I'm going to address the elephant in the room just real quickly. Yeah. The, the reason why this may or may not be hard for us is we're all of a certain age, and we've all experience this at this at this point of our lives. I remember like being younger and you know just thinking how lucky I was that I hadn't had a a a, a death of a close family member or a loved one mm-hmm. or you know and then the day comes and that all changes and then and as we grow older it happens more and more. So we all have personal um this what we're talking about is not just from a movie aspect, but also emotionally. From, yeah, we're from bound to get tied up 
from our own standpoint. standpoint. Case in point, today is my sister's birthday. I lost my sister a month ago, Um, so it's 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 a yeah, it's heavy, right? It is heavy. Yeah, I um go ahead, John. Oh, I mean, where to start? Um, So this has been a really interesting year uh, for me, at least personally, and I've seen a fair bit of loss. Uh, two months ago, I lost my father, uh, and the topic itself, or the, the cause itself is is one of the movies that I want to address. Uh, the day before he passed, we lost a really close family friend who acted in, in many ways as a, a dad to me when my father wasn't around. And there's been some very timely movies over the past couple of years that have really really hit home and really forced me to think about mortality, loss, memory, experience. And and this is a topic that's it's going to be tough to wander through, but I think it's going to be really cathartic to see, not only to kind of let things out, but also see where the conversation goes and what conclusions come out of it for me. Good, good, well... Yeah, we. I. Uh, uh, I had it all the reverse of what you were saying, Lily, and that is that uh, at 15, I lost three grandparents in a year. In right. the total, we lost seven people in our near family. Um, that was the thing that led me through to ultimately land in Mortuary College and do a dollar of that stuff. So for me, it, it was always something. And my mom, being an old film fan. You know, introducing me to the language of that via things like, you know, Death Takes a Holiday and, 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 and the sort of things. Um, and what I found that because we live in an era that's so extended and that we, we don't have, we aren't as familial as we once were. Right. That film has become a way for us to learn um, what I'm going to call a map for our own rehabilitation. Sure. That we, we learn from how, watching film and how other people deal with things within the, within the context of a story to, to find ways that feel comfortable for us. Right. To in, quote unquote in, find our way back. In some ways, movies like these, depending on the, obviously depending on the movie and, and how the people are dealing with it, um, are for lack of a better word, instructional. You know? Very and, much and, so. and, 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 as John was saying, cathartic, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 you know, th- you you watch one of these movies and you have a good cry. Um, generally, you feel better afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, if nothing else, the idea that it's a it oh, th- someone felt that too. Right, exactly. I am, not alone. I am not right. alone. I got a question for you guys. Uh, when you watch movies, have you found yourselves having those those real? Emotive moments where it, it's it's tears, it's it's heaving, it's breathing, you know, hard, feeling that stress, but then experiencing the a similar event in in real life, not being able to generate that kind of emotional response. Oh, totally. Sure. Yeah, yeah. totally. You've you've already you by doing the dry run, you 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 you've kind of spent your. It's it's sparring, right? It's in a weird way. It's it's having been into the into the heat of it. The next time you're in the heat of it, it's not as hot. It's not as yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I think that's true. And, and also keep in mind, you know, film is manipulation. Mm-hmm. The real life event doesn't have the swelling strings. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't right. have you know uh, all these things that are guiding you um, to feel and. 
I, I think that I think that's common for people. You know, a lot of times we feel numb, and then what comes on the heels of that? Guilt because I'm not bawling at my mother's funeral. I'm not. You know what I mean? Right. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's important to know that people they I call it dabda. Um, D-A-B-D-A. It's, uh, it's from Kubler-Ross, the stages of grief. So, so people, sure. it, they're not a linear thing. Right. They're, you, we experience them in a, in a, in a flux way that will drift from denial to acceptance That's to bargaining what, to whatever that, else. Yeah, exactly. That's why, you know, you may be laughing the day after a funeral, but then a week later, mm-hmm. you may not even be thinking about it, and something, some, some weird little thing reminds you, and now you're a mess. Yeah. The, it, well, look at the Irish wake. Sure. Yeah, the, the quote-unquote Irish wake. Lots of <laughs> drinking, lots of laughing, a lot of carrying right. on. But isn't it just a, a mask? Many times it's a mask it to, to hide a deeper, a deeper under, a grief that may, yeah. that may only come in time. Like, yeah. I still, to this day, I... I watch things and, and 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 see things and it's and it helps me put it my situation and my grief um, at the loss of my mom in 2010 mm-hmm. to um, to look at that and redefine at, at least redefine the box that it's in. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you you compartmentalize and yeah and, yeah. and to realize that well, oh my grief can be allowed to change. And grow and yeah. evolve into something, mo- maybe not as raw as it was at first, but something that in the end can be beneficial. I will say this, you know, like you know, a lot of people, most people that I know, you know, they say, "Well, I want my funeral to be a celebration of life. I don't want everybody to be sad. I want them to, you know, laugh and tell stories and and and, and that kind of thing." But fuck that. I want people. <laughs> I want people to be despondent. I want them to be like pleading. The, the rending of clothes. Yes. <laughs> so I just, I just want my ashes flushed. I mean, really? It's, it's just, I want to go down the way I came out. Yeah, I like, uh, I like the way Hunter Thompson went out, but I don't have the money to, right, to yeah. pull that off. Blow me out of a can. I never. So, so I could, I could probably help you with that cannon part. But, <laughs> but, but to anybody listening from the BATFE, this is just hypothetical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, we should just jump into some some Let's examples of this. Yeah, uh, I'm going to start first, and I'm going to go with a film that I've mentioned on this podcast over the. Uh, I just realized it's been years. To uh, a film by uh, Hirokazu Kurita called Afterlife, um, made in the 2000s. I want to say. Um, it has to do with a group of people. All you know is that they arrive at this place where, over the course of a few days, they they are instructed to pick a memory from their life that they will take with them to the next life. This is Japan, right? It's right. Shintoism and that kind of thing. So, um, and it's a it's just interviews with these different people of them talking about their lives and moments from their lives. And then when they finally decide on a moment, they film it. They that you see them on a set filming it. Uh huh. And then the film spoiler ends where the group of people are gathered in a movie theater and they show the films. And when the the, the lights come up, the theater is empty because they've all moved on. And if you hmm. can't choose your 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 memory, you t- you get you stay behind as 
the um, administrators of the place oh. that meet with them and explain to people right, until right. at some point you come to you, that your decision right. and you move on. And um, it's what a, a cool, what it's a, cool a beautiful, low budget as fuck, but it's a beautiful film. All of this guy's films are beautiful. There's a film called Nobody Home, Nobody's Home. That oh. Uh, anyway, it's about, it's about children being abandoned in a city, and it's fucking brutal. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm read that now. <laughs> it's a, it's he's an amazing filmmaker that no one really talks about. That but sounds, a, after that life, awesome. Afterlife, easily one of my top ten films of all time. Wow. So, um, first one for me. Uh, is is one that was kind of early and often as a kid, and I, I look back at it and I know it's it's shaped a couple things about my life. And uh, I'm gonna go cartoon early, and that's Bambi. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, so w- here here were the symptoms, right? Absentee father, uh, check. Yeah. Uh, caring, doting mother who would sacrifice everything for a kid, check. Uh, traumatic, horrible loss of parent, the only parent Bambi had. You know, to me, right off right out of the gate, I think I probably lived and and still do in perpetual fear of the day I might lose my mom. Yeah. And and not through violence because that that will that will elicit a whole different type of response from me. Right. But but it was just the whole I, I can't lose my mom. I can't lose my mom. I can't lose my mom. And you know, besides that, I mean, just kind of the an interesting aside for me. I'm pretty sure Bambi's the reason I don't hunt. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, because for for me, I'm you know, gonna, hunter, hunters are villains. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject here for people who haven't listened to the show before, or don't know that John is a uh, would it be say to, fair to say a gun enthusiast? That's a nice way of saying it. Thank you. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> he, was, a gun he was on our show, Guns, Guns, Guns. Yeah, but uh, interesting that you're not a hunter. Yeah, and I get that a lot, and it's it's. I understand people that hunt uh, for food. I've never understood trophy hunting. I'll. I understand people have a. They can do what they do as long as they're not you know infringing on me and mine. I tend to try to stay out of it, but um, and, and I'm a meat eater, so there's the the hypocrisy right there. But I cannot bring myself to take the life of an animal. I just I can't do it. Yeah. And and when people say, oh, well, if you're starving and there's an apocalypse, I'm like, I'll eat my fucking neighbors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because animals, to me, yeah. are instinctual. People choose to be evil. And I I can feel a lot less bad about watching kind of people frantically flailing about and getting run down by a, a grizzly than ever, <laughs> you know, seeing when I... And that's the thing when we were when Rogan was going through his big kind of hunting with bait. I, w- I was never a fan of that. I'm, I get that he uses the meat. He doesn't really need to. But when you're baiting an animal that doesn't really have the, the cognitive ability to, to say, I'm being hunted and I need to plan around yeah. this, it, it feels weak to me. Sure, and, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's, to me, it's, it's beta as fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if, if, if you know, I've always been, you know, of the mind that if you're going to do it, you go out there with what you got, and and you know, right. it's like you know, one on one with the grizzly, one on one with the one on just, one with the fucking deer. Totally. Yeah. All I'll say is, uh, I remember meat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there are people like my brother who hunt. 
um, for lack of a better word, is therapy because you know they hunt so they don't kill people. You know, um, so I, I understand. I, I can all too yeah. easily relate to that. But he does he does use the meat and everything sure. else and, and uh, yeah, Bambi, uh, good choice. So, so you're you're gonna hate me. <laughs> no, <I'm>, <laughs> so the first movie I'm going to talk about that deals with loss. I'm going to get it out of the way. Okay. Okay. Um, and it deals with the loss of magic and the loss of um, a sense of a world where things are possible that that is increasingly gone away and gone away and gone away. In a sense, a loss of innocence. And that is King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I, You know what? I was on here. I'm looking at my list. I'm ready to scratch off Hugo. <laughs> but oh, King Kong. Okay. King Kong. Well, obviously we have, you know, by the time we lose Kong, um, Anne has, has developed a love for this creature, despite the fact that he has abducted her and, and, and all these things. Um so there's that, but I think more importantly, the movie speaks to a loss of uh, I don't know, like I say, magic. Where where there was it was there was a time in the world where you could there were places that were unexplored, mm-hmm. and and I see where you're going. Yeah, exactly. And 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 here we've taken we've taken this this majestic, wonderful thing from its home, and we've dragged it into this you know horrible place and. And uh, for me, one of the big movies about loss and grief mm-hmm. is King Kong. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I, I have a question for you on that. Uh, just when you look at like today's movies, like uh, from mid '90s when you had the Jurassic Parks and the kind of the the new reboots, whatever they are, do you think that furthers a message of loss, or do you think it kind of cheapens the kind of exploiting the the world that was? Um. I, I, I think the latter, um, because because it's given you this glimpse, right? It's like, oh, look how majestic and amazing the dinosaurs, you know, were. But but just like the characters in the movie keep talking about, the mere fact that you've brought them here and now mm-hmm. is fucked up, you yeah. know. Yeah. And 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 you know sure we all want to see a dinosaur but at what cost at mm-hmm. what cost to the animal yeah. you know uh, much less you know the guy that it eats yeah no totally i'm i'm right there with you and i've had uh, i've purposely avoided the the most recent movies and, and not because of pratt i i love pratt i think he's just a good blue collar hard working dude but i just it just doesn't feel compelling to me sure it, it, ex- exploitive yeah it, it it it's it's had the the wonder sucked out of it. Right, exactly. Wonder. That's the best thing to say about King Kong. Yeah. The loss mm-hmm. of wonder. Yeah. That's yeah. a great word. All right, here we go. This one. Speaking of losses, then you probably guys didn't see this one coming. Um, Julian Schnabel did a movie called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Oh shit, son! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about a guy who's a producer. I want to say it's a true story. True story about a g- and he gets a, in a car accident and gets what is called locked in syndrome, where his imagine being in your body and your brain is perfectly fine and your body is completely unresponsive. And he learns to communicate by blinking his eyes to one of his nurses. Like, and one of the only things he can do. Yeah. 
and he ends up writing a book about his his experience and and um so it's a loss of not of our it's very akin mostly i would get think to the law or the fear of our own deaths right but this in some in some ways to me anyway it seems worse because it's everything it's everything dying is right but you're there to watch it's like being scrooge and seeing what every what the rest of the world is doing around you in 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 his case talking shit about him Mm -hmm. um but you're there and you're cognizant and you can't do anything. Yeah. You can't you can't contribute. It's an to amazing film and you will cry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's the loss of in some ways, depending on how you view your interface with the world, humanity. Yeah. Independence. Yeah. The uh, um sense of self. And and in the meantime, inside a box screaming the whole time, I'm still here. Yeah. Although that is also an uplifting film, is it not? It's mm-hmm. like he he, he kind of he kind of discovers this new world of Yeah, in the last like fifteen minutes. Well yeah. <laughs> but before the hour and a half of <laughs> this really sucks. <laughs> it reminds it reminds me a lot of when I think about my uncle who had a stroke in the yeah. late late eighties. Brilliant man, uh you know PhD and I oh God I don't it was computer science of some sort uh, had written books was a very religious man had written a book on his his interpretation of revelation uh, and it was it was an interesting read and he had his I think his master's in divinity I mean he's just a, a well-rounded cat had a stroke everything went out of him mm-hmm. he could only communicate with his computer in fact in his chair incapacitated he developed the code that allowed his elevator to work off what meager voice commands he had but but he was trapped he was trapped in a shell that was rotting away and he couldn't communicate the way he wanted to mm-hmm. to the point where his last couple years i mean it was let me die let me die let me die i, I don't mean to be light about it but it's literally the you know, remember the south Park, kill me billy right <laughs> uh, yeah um and, and but yeah really yeah similar to um like a uh the same but different Alzheimer's mm-hmm. um, you know people who suffer from Alzheimer's oh, we're going to get like to that, that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that. next uh, movie on my list um, and just a little bit of backstory I grew up with uh, not only in a Disney house but I also grew up very much in a animal friendly house thus you know the, the comments about hunting earlier mm-hmm. uh, and one of the, the movies that wrecked me as a child was Old Yeller Oh, yeah. oh, dude! Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know the the loving, friendly pet, and there's been I don't know how many versions of of old Yeller ish movies since, but you know he, the the dog who put it all out there to protect his his human, and then they have to put him down, and mm-hmm. you know it's you, you got to shoot your best friend, and that's I I don't I don't know how many like actual literal days I wept from seeing that movie to the point where I, I wouldn't watch it. I yeah. couldn't watch it. A, a sidebar in that is the yearling. The oh, yearling is another one. The yearling one. where the red fern grew. Where the red fern yeah. oh, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> get out so of here. I hate you. Lips. <laughs> you know, and, and that one, I mean, we see that one play out in real life, right? You see somebody loses a spouse yeah. and then they're dead the next day. Right. Right? That, yeah. that, that un- 
I don't even have the word for it, but it's that that bond, that loving bond that's just unbreakable until death, and then the will to live is gone. Yeah, Yeah. uh, I hope this isn't on anyone's list. The Notebook, the fucking end of the Notebook, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not super good. (laughs) The Notebook, you know, figured uh, loomed large on all the. when I was researching and, and looking at lists of you know uh-huh. films of yeah, 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 the yeah. Notebook was way up. I'll, there. I'll admit it that the I cried the the end was brutal. Yeah, well it's it's, it's brutal. You know, and and that's the other thing that I realized is that I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I don't watch a lot of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you do. Know, it's like you know, like because everybody's like, oh, you got to talk about the Descendants. I'm like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> no way, I'm watching that. No. It's like I'm sad enough, man. Well, I got a couple of those in here. Yeah, it's like um All right. <laughs> but yeah, man, the animal ones like are, yeah. are just, you know <laughs> you know, uh, talking about talking about movies where you're like you're yelling at the animal to run away be, you know, for their own good and you're having to tell them you hate them and but, mm-hmm. you know. Um does anybody remember the end of Day of the Dolphin? Yeah! <laughs> I love you, Pop! <laughs> it's like, get out of here! I hate it you. was George C. Scott, oh too. My it's like, God. how do you make him likable? Pair him with a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so... It was about a, a military thing that taught dolphins to put bombs on their back and to, to put them on boats. Put them on, on ships, yeah. And, uh, and these dolphins had been taught how to speak. Yeah. So they were They have little modulators. They were little voice they were, modulators. They were literally talking to you. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Was that your movie? <laughs> huh? Was that your next No, one? no, that okay. but but yeah. John since that we're up. doing sidebars, I'm going to give you another sidebar on my locked in syndrome. Yeah. Uh Dalton Trumbo's Johnny Got His Gun. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Go wow. ahead. Go ahead. Johnny Got His Gun is just amazing for brutal. a million it's reasons. Brutal. It is brutal. And, um, and how many how many people associate that with the Metallica video now? Yeah, that's, exactly. It's, yeah. it's too bad. That's well, too bad. Yeah. you know, like Jennifer read Johnny Got It uh, mm-hmm. read uh, um, because of the uh, Metallica. Yeah. Video. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, um, I'm going to talk about one that that for me this is kind of. The pinnacle of this kind of stuff, um, and that's what dreams may come. Yeah, mm. that is an elephant. It's, it's almost, story. it's yeah. almost too obvious. I almost didn't write it down because it's like it's almost too obvious. I, I pulled stuff for the intro to the show. Yeah, and I was like, that's it's just too on the nose. It's too on the nose. Yeah, but it's good to get it off the list. I, it's, I, you know, this it's is beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. It's 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 gorgeous. It's well made. It's well acted. I don't understand. I've read reviews where people are just like, nah, and I, and I don't get it yeah. because like, man, when he's like, uh, it's just the whole the painted thing. field the, is amazing. The hell, that idea of of the painting as the entryway to get into this uh-huh. is like, it's amazing. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then having to walk through those heads to mm-hmm. find his wife. Yeah. Oh my God! It's the whole like, excursion through hell is. Amazing. If anybody hasn't seen this film, what dreams may come because because you think it's a comedy romp with Ro- Ro- Robin yeah. Williams or whatever. It's it's a, it's a Richard Matheson uh, yeah. uh, 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 story. It's amazing and, and and definitely needs to be seen. Mm-hmm. 
I, w- I wonder how much of that movie spoke to him in later years before he took his life. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That or or even Patch Adams or some or or uh, did he you, Captain my Captain? What's that? Oh my, Poets aside. Oh my God. Yeah. This is one I hadn't thought of, but the Fisher King. The Fisher King. <laughs> Fisher King. Oh damn it! You took one off my list. Oh God uh, damn it! I'm sorry, John. <laughs> no, it's okay. Here yeah, we won't talk about it. We'll wait till. Yeah, you we'll wait. We'll yeah, 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 yeah. We should talk about it now. What yeah, do that. Okay. Do that. All right. All right. It's a freebie. John gives right. a freebie. John, on talk about the Fisher King. Uh, well, so I, I, I looked at it a different way, and I, I didn't really think about it until probably ten, twelve years later. And uh, for me, it was it was after nine eleven, and you know nine eleven. We know a lot of people joined the military because they wanted revenge. They lost loved ones. They they felt the slight against the country. They felt violated. But what I took from this is you know this guy lost his intimate partner in one of the most horrific ways possible and he lost reality mm-hmm. he just he just fucking snapped and where are the story for me it's like where are the stories of the people that just divorced reality and formed their own to cope and, yeah. and what are those stories what is that like because because this was a i mean it was a i don't know it it, it was a dark movie but it had you know but it was still Robin Williams, right? He and fun. Bridges push it. Well, yeah, they made it good. But the message to me was, what What would I do if I'm put in a situation where, where that shit happens to me? Am I going to muddle through it or am I just going to say, see a reality, I'm going to build my own life and just kind of exist here until I die? It seems like that would be easy to do. Well, the other kicker on this movie was that it's a Terry Gilliam film. Right. And everyone's yeah. like, Terry Gilliam, Robin Williams... It's gonna be. A it's gonna be at. hilarious. They they need to see Brazil. I know, right? Um, John brought up nine eleven, and I'm yeah. gonna mention a film. Um, Adam Sandler's "Rain Over Me." Yeah. Oh, uh, just heartbreaking about the loss of his wife. It's about a guy whose wife was in nine eleven. Yeah. And he, she was in one of the towers. Yeah, was, yeah, she was one of the towers. And um, he just—it's—it's it's so unexpected because it's Adam Sandler. Yeah. And I, I think Don Cheadle's in it. So yeah. Was it unexpected because it was a good movie or it it's, wasn't funny? <laughs> no, it's not funny at all. And it's okay. and it is actually and it is a good, good movie. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> so both. Yeah. <laughs> when? Uh, so you're up, John. Okay. Um, so. A little bit of background as well. I was raised in a very Baptist household. Uh, not quite fundamentalist, but pretty goddamn close. And the the concepts of heaven and hell were beaten into our heads quite a bit. Um, the movie that really kind of kept me up for a while was Ghost. Yeah. Oh. And, and the reason, you know, it was the story of loss and, you know, trying to make things right. But those images of people getting pulled into hell horrified me right, it wasn't right? yeah. yeah it's like is something dark gonna come out of my closet and rip me through the floor I mean if that exists well yeah it's a given but is that what it's like you know it, it was the whole the bible stories in one ear and, and seeing this kind of come to the screen in the next and, and I that that fed my anxiety for probably two years I mean <laughs> wow. it took me two years to kind of just like wait it's just a movie it's just a movie it's just a movie and then, you know, ultimately some of that plays into, you know, where I where I continue to go in terms of, you know, where I stand in terms of, you know, those teachings and, and indoctrination. Sure. 
but it was it, it was a traumatic freaking movie from that re- regard. Hmm. Ghost is Ghost is interesting because um, I think a lot of people easily dismiss it because of you know because of the whole pottery scene and and and, and there's been parodies of it since and stuff. Um, there's a lot going on in that movie, and for me, the 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 person dealing with the most loss and grief in this movie is the deceased. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, um, he's he's like. It's like we were talking about. It's like I'm still here, you yeah. know, and uh, but nobody else knows it, and and he's, you know, suffering through having to watch the love of his life potentially hook up with this douchebag, <laughs> and so on and so on, and, and and just in general be sad. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing about Ghost, though, for me is that like. The, I I always got hung up on the idea that like wait that's not him behind her on the clay wheel that's Whoopi Goldberg right because she right exactly yeah. and yeah, so yeah. I was like what? and it's it's the one aspect of that film no one ever like brings up they're always like it's romantic it's like no it's kind of like Whoopi Goldberg and yeah. <laughs> getting her sh- it's all an elaborate lie well, <laughs> the whole thing it, it, is a lie that depends it, on whether or not you think Whoopi Goldberg and <laughs> yeah, it was it was her it was her precursor to Sister Act. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was just it, one of those things that like everyone was like, oh, oh it's we'll actually just, it's we'll just we just blow right. Actually, by that's it. another. Well, actually, that's another reason why this movie is cool when it has these different elements to it is that it presents the idea that um, the physical self, right, is it's a spiritual. Is, is less, yeah, exactly. It's a spiritual connection. So you know, if I'm if I'm you know. If I'm this person that you would normally not be attracted to, the physical embodiment. There's a new. There's a movie that came out just recently that was based on a teen book where um, this uh, this person, this kid, his his issue is that he wakes up each day in a different person's body. I saw that. Uh, I didn't see the movie. I saw the trailer. I think it's called Every Day. Yeah. Um, wow. And uh, and falls in love with this girl and has to convince this girl that like hey I'm going to be coming to you every day in a, a completely different, different yeah. person you know so you know one day he's this other teenage girl another day he's this you know right uh, but it's me yeah exactly it's me exactly for this 24 me. hour period <laughs> I control this you know yeah. and and it explores all the different complexities of that and uh, yeah it's 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 interesting if nothing else hmm Okay. Um, we talked a lot about lots of self, and you, someone mentioned Alzheimer's, so I'm going to get this out of the way. So, um, actress Sarah Polly directed a film called Away From Her. Um, it's, uh, I want to say Julie Christie, but uh, a man and a woman are married for many, many years. She develops Alzheimer's, and gets to the point where oh, I remember this. He, yeah. he puts her into a care facility, and what as the film progresses, she meets someone else and falls in love and thinks that her husband is just an old like someone she's known forever as an old friend, right? And starts sharing with him about how this other man makes her makes her feel, right? And, so um, he's having to deal with the loss not only of her personality but of their relationship, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's it's a, it's a tough if you especially if you're married. Yeah. It's a tough it's a tough film. No. Um and expertly handled by by actress Sarah Pauly was the blonde in Zack Snyder's da- uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. All right. Zombie films. There you go. Yeah. Lost. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Found your way in. Well yeah. played. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so uh, I'm going to oh. deviate a little bit. To, uh, actually, I think we skipped Langley. No, you're next. Sure? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to look out for you, man. Um I think, for me, Big Fish was one that kind of stood out as well. And, and the reason for it is, you know, here's this guy who's, who's dying, and his kids don't know him. Uh, they're used to these kind of tall tales and this embellishment, but they're like, yeah, Dad's just full of shit, and he's never been truthful. He's never really let us into who he knows. And as they go through the entire... They go through the story, and they hear the outlandish tales, and they really... They, they start to kind of appreciate and they want to honor that last memory and then they find out, holy shit, dad was this pretty amazing dude. Yeah. And there's a... And I mentioned earlier, uh, a really good friend, uh, Tim Kinney, lost his life the day before my father passed. And and Tim... I'm going to talk a bit more about him later, but, but Tim was... He, he's just he's just a good guy. He he would take in. I, I became friends with his son, and that's how I, I got to meet the family. But but Tim was inviting. He's like, I'll bring in all strays. If if your parents aren't around, come on out, hang out. We'll go out. We'll have fun. And he was just always that guy, loving life and looking out for kind of the underdog and and taking care of people who needed to be taken care of. Never because he he felt like he had to. He did it because he wanted to. And we were at his funeral service and it's the timing is so appropriate because i was talking with paula his his wife today in that ceremony we learned a whole history about tim we didn't know his time in vietnam the, the things he'd done to save his you know saved other pilots to to save injured soldiers the the times that he'd been injured uh, multiple times in combat a couple times he'd almost lost his life never talked about it but he lived this entire life with I mean, it, it's adventure, really. It's it's crazy, deathly, horrible adventure. But but he lived it, and nobody, not even his kids, knew this about him until the accolades were read after his passing. Wow. And and, and for me, it's like I, I get that you know he he had to carry a lot of that inside because that you know where we might celebrate him, he might feel some guilt or pain and not want to relive it, but. How can we, you know, we missed the opportunity to be supportive when he'd been supportive for us, and that, for me, kind of triggers that loss of, of finding out too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the, the saddest things, not saddest things, one of my regrets is that when my sister passed away, um, I wasn't able to get back home. Um, yeah, and and you know, granted, I realize you know, funerals are for the living, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I, I also in 2011, my mom passed away, and I I was home because I was I was going home just to visit. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going home for a funeral or for anybody who was sick or anything like that. And while I was in the air flying there. 
my mom passed away. Oh, wow. Oh, man. So, so I landed. I got my car. It takes three hours to drive from St. Louis down to where we, where I grew up. And so I called, you know, mom and dad, you know, to let them know, hey, I'm running late because it took a while to get the car. And my dad's on the phone. And I can tell from his voice something something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he tells me that mom is gone. Wow. And... And uh, uh, I can't, I, I can't process it, right? I have to pull over. I can't drive, and I'm just like, what? You know, like it, it, it was like, it was so, it was so incredibly surreal mm-hmm. and sad, and this, this somehow had something to do with like you well, were talking I mean, about. I'm going to jump in and say, the, the death of a parent uh, is important for two reasons. Number one, it's the Thoreau quote. Mother is the name of God on the lips of Right, the right, right, right. And it also categorically drives home to to people that no one is exempt. Right, exactly. And it's the first time for a lot of people that they realize, God, if mom went, if right. dad went... Oh, shit. Then, I'm, yeah. then yeah. my number is coming yeah. at some point. And that's really hard, and it's a really important moment in a we, person's life. We learn as children that we all die, but I don't, I don't think it we, really we means it anything. We learn it in an exist-sort yeah, of ethereal it really way. No. Yeah, it, it doesn't land with And weight. I'm always reminded of the line from Fight Club, like, until you know you're going to die, you are absolutely worthless to me. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, because otherwise, we we can easily get into that magical thinking sure of of well you know if wishes were fishes we'd all count them that but this is, this is uh, <laughs> so i remembered why this connected to what john was talking about uh so so i was there and i was kind of in shock mm. i didn't even have nice clothes to wear to my mom's funeral and and all the people you know it, people got up at the at the uh, at the funeral and and all they talked about was um, you know, you know. Thank goodness she was saved, and 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 that kind of stuff. No one talked about her. No one talked about what yeah. she liked, what she did in her life. None of that kind of stuff. And um, so, <laughs> it, it, this is really morbid. And, and it, um, but like ever since then, I've been kind of writing my father's eulogy yeah. in my head. Yeah. And. And I'm going to be there, and I'm going to talk about him. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, I'm going to talk about mom too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because some nobody did it at the time, mm-hmm. and I wasn't capable of it. Right. And the, and right. And, it, and it pisses me off. Um, sorry. No, uh, that 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 doesn't sound morbid to me. That that honestly sounds like ideal son. I mean, to be candid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring up. A movie that deals with loss and grief, I think, in the spades. And I don't think it hits any of these lists that you look up when you're looking for these films where they're talking about terms of endearment mm. and beaches and all <laughs> these things that make you sad. Um, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Mm. Pet Cemetery deals with loss and grief in spades mm-hmm. because it's like now you're presented with the opportunity. Yeah. 
to bring your loved one it's back. It's the monkey's paw. Exactly, oh, it's the monkey's paw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. that's something that actually that, that Stephen King is really good at, is like taking these old stories. Salem's Lot is Dracula. Mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery is the monkey's paw. Um, so, by the way, does anybody know, has, is the monkey's paw attributed to anybody? Whether you're... Rayard, yeah, Rayard Kipling, right? Is, I I don't know. I I, I, was, I I think I might be wrong. I feel I'm like sure it's been, I, I feel like it's one of those stories that has just been around forever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pet Cemetery. So uh, directed by a woman. Directed by a woman. Surprising for how graphic it is. It's very mm. graphic, um, and um, it deals with that. That that you know we you know we we've been talking about the loss of parents. But oh my God! If you're a parent and have loss to deal with the loss of your child, yeah. that's not the, that's not the way it's supposed to work. And in this particular case, the loss of a small child, not not somebody who's you and know, right in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Stephen King said, you know, at that point in his life, he was thinking about what is this the scariest thing to me, you know, the most frightening thing I can think of, and that's losing losing mm-hmm. my child. And yeah. uh, and he, he did I a can't m- imagine. masterful stroke. I uh, can't imagine as a as someone that young. I mean, you losing a child anyways is, is the is shitty. Yeah. But you losing a child that young cuz cuz you get folded into everything is is that child's potential and yeah. Oh, there's so much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and if you know, and and like you said, right in front of you, what a horrible parent I am that yeah. I allowed this to happen. Well, inherently, and you also there's something called survivor's guilt that yeah. always happens, and no matter it's it's the it's the back alley wisdom. It's the if I would have been there, I would have made I it different. Yeah, if yeah, I yeah, had yeah. done this, I, she wouldn't have died. Or right, right, right. And you know. It's yeah. all just you fucking with yourself. Exactly. All yep. yeah. uh, I'm going to mention a 2008 film called Departures. It won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Film that year. Um, it's Japanese. It's about a guy who is a cellist, and his the orchestra he works for goes bankrupt and um, dissolves. He's out of work. He's looking for work, and he finally gets hired as a, I'm doing air quotes here, a dresser for a local mortuary. Yeah. And hmm. he learns what, there's a name for it, and, I'm, and I don't know what it is, but it's the it's an art form of dressing a, someone for their funeral, and they do it under, they, they put a blanket over the person, and all of the, all of the dressing is done under the blanket. And that's hard enough. Right. Fold into this a bad relation. He's got a, uh, a, a bad relationship with his father. Uh, and you know that's going to come up at some point. Sure. Um, but it's be- it's beautiful not only because of its, its, its sort of inherent um, acknowledgement that it's all part, as, as the Joker said, it's all part of the plan. Right. <laughs> Life, death, the way we, the way we deal with things. And he, and he learned that all of the sensitivity, he learns in the course of the film that all the sensitivities that he exhibited through his cello he, is the is same sensitivity that he now shows sure. to this. And it's a beautiful film. As for this, because I'm going to go off into the weeds again for just a second. Um, when I was 16, um, 
my uh, my martial arts instructor um, had a best friend. Uh, his name was Don Wright, mm -hmm. um, and Don was uh, 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 an amazing guy. Amazing guy, and and we loved whenever Don came because we knew we were in for amazing things at the school. Sure. Don did a lot of things and uh, was really busy and fell asleep one night driving mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. got, got crammed. Yeah. Um, Don was buried in his um, his billbox. It was type one, so it was Korean. Mm -hmm. um, he was buried in his in, in a ceremonial uh, billbox, and the funeral people didn't know how to do it. To do it. So myself and mm. my instructor dressed Don mm -hmm. um, for wow. the, the for the funeral. That's mm -hmm. at sixteen. I was like, "That's a big deal." Yeah. It was like a God. huge deal. It's a huge thing. And there were parts of him that were like mm -hmm. mangled, and 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 I just remember, I remember afterwards thinking, "All this is all I could think of." I, I, there were two things. One, there was like hundreds of people showed up for this guy. They did a thing at the university for him, and uh, and I, and and I remember at, at at that young age thinking, I hope this many people love me. Mm -hmm. um, two, um, I hope that someone loves me enough to. Take this kind of care mm -hmm. of me. The the Jewish faith has a thing called the kaddish. It's a it's a washing that right, happens. Right, exactly. And that washing itself, they refer to as as it, the final kindness. Yeah. And mm. um, yeah, that's a that's a big that's a big thing. That's a important part of it that used to be so integral. But when we dealt with these things ourselves, right. And um, it, you know, and it's hard for like uh, you know, like in my case, an atheist to. To even you know, it's like okay, they're dead, mm -hmm. you, know, mm -hmm. you know, they're dirt now, and and mm -hmm. you know we we they live in our memories, and we and we move on. But there's still part of me that like goes, this is important. It is and, important, and and uh, and and it maybe maybe it's only important to me, or maybe it's only important to the, the to the mm -hmm. other living people around. Um, but go ahead, John. No, I was just I, I can wait, please. Yeah, but anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That I, has I, nothing I, to do with I, the movies we're talking no, no, about. No. But but I think what you you highlighted is it's kind of the respect of tradition. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm the same boat as you in that you know when people are dead, they're dead, right? What we have, what lives on, is the memories or their progeny. And you know, for me, I I still struggle, and and I think it probably will always feed my anxiety somewhat. Is you know, I spent a good chunk of my life with the biblical stories and the afterlife, and you do this or you go here, right. and making a decision in my life to say that the data doesn't support the statements, and I need to follow the data, or right. at least what I have. Right. And in my head, it's two warring factions that. That sometimes I feel like the collateral damage, which is, you know, this shouldn't matter, but maybe it does, and and, and that comes back to the dignity of tradition. It's like I want to respect these things. When we buried my father, it's like we will sing the hymns, we will do these things because these are the things that mattered to him. Do do they matter to me 
at a like for a personal level no but I I owe that respect or you know provide him that final dignity around others. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, if if nothing else, it's it's a signpost saying like, here was an amazing person. Right. That's yeah. that's Let's why Marcus Parsi. That's why Marcus second hour we we do all the right the exactly. We stuff. do the obituaries. Uh, a couple of thoughts on this. Number one, uh, when I worked in Morton, Mountain View, California, I worked for a mortuary that had a contract with a local convalescent home, mm-hmm. and that convalescent home was owned by the Catholic Church, and the only people that lived there were really old priests and really old nuns, mm-hmm. and so we would handle all of those services. Sure. Including the prep work on on all of the the bodies because they were Catholic and there was that meant viewing and this other there, stuff. There was all these things. So taking a nun in and out of her clothes, right, um, was an odd thing. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And for me, it all comes down to the uh, the respect owed um, for a life lived. And I ha- I would handle some that's uh, people in the way that I'd same way if I could ha- if I ever handle a magic wand once great power coursed through this right that deserves its own absolutely acknowledgement yeah. and respect. Um, I, it, uh, it brings to mind the scene in the Green Mile where mm-hmm. uh, once uh, I can't remember who it was that had that had gone to you know old Sparky yeah. Uh, and the uh, and the the piece of shit what, Percy Percy mm-hmm. is like giving mm-hmm. shit and and uh, uh, brutal is like hey knock that shit off you know yeah. he paid his dues yeah you show him respect you know? I was this is this is a true story I was there was a we were situation in school they had been doing um, dentists and odontists and those kind of guys mm-hmm. who would come in and and do cadaveric work to learn and someone there one of the students was charged with doing the cleanup on that mm-hmm. and he was t- he had a card in his hand it was a hard plastic card and he was hitting the guy the, the deceased guy in the head like fuck I don't want to do this this is crack this is bullshit crack 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 Wow. and I finally went up and I go listen <laughs> like that guy was a is a person, and if you can't see that, then you're in the wrong fucking business. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah. So anyway, you, John, your turn. My turn. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna skip one on the list and move to um, kind of the the most timely one for me, and that was Still Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and uh, this movie this movie left me conflicted. Uh, it it was released probably what five months before we got my father's diagnosis. Uh, but watching it well after, you know, a, a month or so after he passed, the one line that she said, which I'm like, okay, I'm good with her getting that Academy Award, was, I wish I had cancer. Mm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and I'll get into my bitches about the movie in a minute, but what really kind of struck me is, is watching, going through that journey with my father and, and being here in Oregon, and, and because it it was really nice because when I moved down here, I didn't have a job, so I had plenty of time to spend time with my father. And getting to know him as while he was deteriorating, but seeing these these mental walls that he had established through his entire you know his entire life from 
you know, that he learned from his mom, come down and allow him to be kind of emotional and, and talk to me at a human level. And, and the background on that, um, after my dad's diagnosis in 2015, he made a statement to me. Uh, we were in Illinois. I was It was before we moved him to Oregon. And, and he said, I wish I had learned to become a parent. My mom couldn't teach me how. Mm, wow. And, and, and to me, and, and he used it as a, I'm, I'm sorry, I treated you guys the way I did. And he wasn't physically abusive, but it was very much, uh, it was very cold and distant and very structured in religion. That was our relationship, right? We, we would attend church with him or we would work with him at his hardware store. But there was no, uh, I, I can look back at maybe two moments in life where he was involved in my, like, after school or my sports, but it, it wasn't him. He was the work. He was the religion. Right. Mm. And when he said that to me, you know, it wasn't a, you're forgiven. It was just, thank you. You've got nothing to apologize for. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Yeah. I, you know, just, just hearing that. But, but with the movie and, and just watching, watching this man who was a very proud man, who was very put together, who was all about customer service. I mean, that was his life. Hardware and treating people was his life. And, and, so, and it tied with his religion, right? It was treat others how you want to be treated. But watching not only him lose the ability to communicate, but to function, dress himself, mm-hmm. carry himself the way he had was just... It, it, Alzheimer, Alzheimer's is a vicious fucking disease. It takes everything you, you were and flushes it away. Mm-hmm. And it leaves a husk. And I watch that, and I, I have said repeatedly to Candy, if I'm going to go, I'd rather have cancer. And if I were to get this, I'm not going to let the disease dictate how I go out. Right, 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 right. And, and, and so, like, from that standpoint, that line right there was, I'm like, done, absolutely. At 100%, as a, as a caregiver, I get that. Yeah. Here's where I, here's where I get into the bitching. Hollywood really took this movie and there's some things they got very much right in terms of the degradation but they took an affluent family that had plenty of money that had these perfect kids and uh, through this it's like you have Alzheimer's yay now you're going to experience it but not really mm-hmm. right I, and and I I could sort of relate because you know we were dad was comfortable we didn't have any financial burden managing his. We could get him in good care. We could have him nearby. And, and he declined pretty fast. I mean, his, his decline was pretty steady. Uh, you know, we diagnosis in 2015, and he passed in April of 2018. I mean, that's, oh, wow. that's pretty goddamn quick. I, for, he was showing... Go ahead. I was going to say for autism, that is... I'm sorry. Oh, Alzheimer's. Not, uh, Alzheimer's, that is pretty... That is yeah. fast. Yeah, and, and he was showing in his mid to late sixties. He was diagnosed at sixty nine and passed at seventy two. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really it, it just kind of it kind of frustrated me the movie itself because there were some things. It was just it, it didn't really show the real hardship of the disease. I mean, Alec Baldwin. I mean, he's, he he played himself. He's he's kind of a dick. And the girl from the Twilight movies, the sparkly vampire girl. What's her name? Um, uh, Kristen Stewart. Thank you. You know, she's in there playing herself, you know, just kind of, eh, you know, I'm, I'm here, yay. Uh, so it was really hard for me to be sympathetic with the family. Sure. Mm-hmm. Plus, but, part but, well, yeah. so many people I know that are in that situation, the hard part is is when you don't have the affluency 
to handle all that right, stuff. Right, exactly. Absolutely. And you bring them into your home, and, and you try to give them everything that you can, but you have to provide for Every your family. Every day becomes an emotional uh, absolute roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to say, the TV show that actually did a better job, There's a it's a network show, it's called 911. The dispatcher was caring for her mother because she had no other means to care for her, and her yeah. mother had Alzheimer's. And yeah. I'm like, that's it. There's sacrifice there. Yeah. Real families go through that. They would. They should have told that story better. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this is my next thing is going to be kind of an umbrella term because there's so many movies, um, and uh, and hopefully it'll make us feel better. Uh, oh, I got one there that does that. Okay. Uh, and I I just want to talk about the revenge film because mm-hmm. the revenge film every revenge film is a film about grief and loss. Sure. It's about okay. your response to it. Yeah. I was reminded of it when John was talking about um, Bambi and you know not you know not losing your mother through violence because that would elicit a completely different response. Mm-hmm. This is that response, the yeah. revenge film. Well, um, if you look at something like uh, I Spit on Your Grave, you have to go through that dark water to get to the suite, right? In well, order exactly. for you to have well, that, the, the, that... I think the I think the important thing to realize is that often the person who has experienced the loss and is exacting revenge, they're not getting any joy from that. Yeah. It's, it's just a moral imperative that has to happen. Mm-hmm. We, as the viewer, get that carthetic right. sense of, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that motherfucker needs to go down. <laughs> And some just some examples would be Mad Max. Sure, mm-hmm. Mad Max totally this deals revenge with thing that just came out. That movie, right, revenge, exactly. Braveheart, yeah. Memento, sure. Memento, Death Wish, you know. Death yeah. Wish. Um, shit. As far as that goes, um, the Chinese Connection. Yeah. Oh, why yeah. did you kill my teacher? Why? 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 You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce kind of loses his mind. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that we talked about the revenge film because, you know, we're going to talk a, a lot about sad movies, and ultimately the revenge film is sad. But there's also this, you know, it's 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 a film of grief and loss hiding under the skin of an adventure or action movie. Usually, usually, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to go through. A, just a couple times real quick because we're we're almost done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're well past our time. Um, one one incredibly sad, and that's uh, Alejandro Aminabar's The Sea Inside with Javier Bardem. It addresses the right to die. It's about a guy who breaks his neck diving into a pool, mm-hmm. and he spends the next 30 years trying to be allowed to die. Let me die. So there's that. The other one is um, a film called Eulogy with Ray Romano. I love that movie. I love this movie. That is a great movie. Um, Rip Torn is in it. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Piper Laurie is in it. Um, Famke oh. Jansen. It's yeah. a, it's an uns- it's like the big, a really fucked up big chill. It's so <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And no one ever talks about it. No, and it's hilarious. It is hilarious. Anyway, okay. So those there are those. John, one more. Or okay, um, I'm going to go with. One more uh, I'm, I'm going to dip into the Marvel world. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to make you happy. Uh, it's going to be Guardians too. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. Daddy, you gotta, I can see that. You gotta kill your your planet of the dead. Yeah. Well, well, more, and, well, I mean, just the whole the Yondu line, right? It was yeah. he may have been your that. father, but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah. yeah. That's and, and that and that's what that one. I had written a thing on Facebook on Father's Day last in 2017 about that, and you know it, it really hit me hard this year because. In that, I said, you know, hey, I have my father, and he, he's dying, but I had a lot of dads, and one of them was Tim, and one of them was Keith, and one of them was David, and these were people that were there for me when I needed a, a dad. Well, and, and Go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, I always was of the opinion that, you know, nature abhors a vacuum, and when my dad wasn't around... Uh, I found my own. Yeah, you know, in in the page for me, it was Robert E. Howard. It was, it was Bruce Lee. It was all those things that yeah. taught me how to be a man. And in a way, Bob Wilkins, Bob Wilkins, all those yeah. guys. And the idea is that I'm almost grateful for that because all my male role models had none of the fallibilities of a real dad. Right, exactly. Nice. They were all so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and with, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, what I was to say is, uh, I uh, I was really I really thought about that. It was a, a Saturday. It was the tw- it was April twenty first, and I I watched my dad breathe and sleep, and it, and it ended up being the last time I saw him alive. Mm-hmm. Um, that night or first thing in the morning, I was at a trip to the Oregon coast with my nephew and his friends, and that's when I learned that Tim had passed away. Mm-hmm. And so they were all sleeping in the car. Kenny was asleep. They were all asleep as so I was driving to the coast. And, and for me, it was fighting back tears the entire time, just thinking about, here's this man I never got to tell him, Tim, I love you. You you made me a better human. And I never got to say thank you the right way. And I, and I felt like I just, you know, God damn it, I missed that window. Mm. We we spent our time we hiking, just kind of embracing the coast, came back, same thoughts as everyone slept, and then the next day at work, I got the call, y- your dad's dying, you need to get over here now. I got there, and he had passed 10 minutes before I walked in the door. Wow. Um, yeah. so, so it was like, okay, well, really? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, um, and then just kind of a, a weird aside, uh, three or four days after we buried my father, we buried him on Cinco de Mayo, uh, as we all know, May 5th, um, drinking holiday in the United States, my dad was an epic teetotaler. So the irony was, was fantastic <laughs> on that. Um, but four days later, his only sister passed away, yeah. my my aunt. So yeah. it's just like, you know, 2018, fuck you. Yeah, right? yeah, like, suck a dick. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> right. stop it, universe. You suck. Yep. Last thing? Um, I, I, a couple of titles real quick. Um, if anybody has not seen it, please check out Guy Madden's The Saddest Music in the World. <sighs> yeah, yeah, The yeah, Saddest yeah, yeah. Music in the World. It, it's, it's, it, you know, it's Guy Madden, avant-garde filmmaker, so it's a little weird and quirky. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. It's really good. It's, it's, it's excellent. And there is a character there who carries his son's heart in a jar preserved in his father's tears. And he's oh like, my God. He, and he's like the only guy that, there's a competition to see who can, come up with the saddest music in the world. Uh, and uh, uh, he's the only guy that, that is legitimate. Everybody else is bullshit. They're just trying to, you know. You got Isabella, uh, Isabella Rosalini with like her her 
glass legs filled with beer. It's, it's, oh, right, 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 right. It's right, such right, a right. bizarre, but but really, really good movie. Also, um, Moon. Um, oh, wow. Moon deals with loss and grief in a very uh, unique way. Uh, I'm not even going to go into it, but just saying. And, and then That's finally. That's a great uh, call. And then finally, this movie isn't about so much loss and grief, but the end. The end. Yes, you know what I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna mention, right? This has enough loss and grief. Oh no, for, I was thinking of something else. Oh no, this has enough loss and grief for ten movies, and that is the mist. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The ending of the mist is just brutal, and it eviscerates you. And when you try to put yourself in that character's shoes, you just can't. You just can't. Yeah. Uh. No, I got excited because... You thought I was going to say... I thought you were talking about, believe it or not... The End the with end Burt Reynolds. With Burt Reynolds and, and Don oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That deals a lot with <laughs> Absolutely death and dying does, yeah. and suicide and all that other stuff. Yeah. Alright, I'm still looking at pages of, oh, dude, of there, titles and stuff. Um, there's so much. you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's such an important part of our lives mm-hmm. um, as human beings... <laughs> that's my John's cat going. John strangling a cat as, as we mm-hmm. speak. Go ahead. Yeah, um, that's not that's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a death and dying are such a huge part of storytelling in general because of the the weight that they they carry in our lives. Um, and film, it's nice that film can can help us sort of. I don't know. It can soften the blow. It, it can, it can, uh, it can help us, help us see a, a through a through way to a place where we're maybe we don't hurt as much. Right. So we're we're right. it's, we're it's actually part of the healing process. Absolutely. Yeah. And no one, none of you fuckers blubbered either. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. So uh, we're gonna take a break and and we're gonna be back in just a second.
so we're back. Um, no way we could have hit everything yeah, that yeah, was on my yeah. list. It, it, it's like any of these shows where, you know, we take a topic and then, you know, we later get <laughs> emails and shit from people saying, oh, you, you didn't, didn't talk didn't. about this, you didn't talk about that, yeah. you didn't talk about... Absolutely. So many, yeah. the, the, the one thing I am grateful for is that we some titles hit the floor that... I didn't think we were going to get mentioned. Good, yeah. I didn't even see him coming. So, a lot of a lot of people died this week, like an, <laughs> an incredibly long list. Um, so we're going to go through these pretty quickly. Uh, Roy Carr, music writer for NME, Melody Maker, and Vox, one yeah. of like the founding writers. Sure, today. sure. Jillian Lynn, she, chore- she was a choreographer who choreographed things like Cats. Right. That's right. And Alan Longmuir. Co-founder of the Bay City Rollers. Bay City Rollers. I, wow. I heard a long conversation the other morning about how important the Bay City Rollers were uh, because they're one of those bands that it's they're easy to dismiss because mm-hmm. of what they were and how they were marketed. And there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of connections that that I I had never thought about and never realized and, and how these bands that are more. I don't know, critically um, revered um, that looked up to the Bay City Rollers as influences. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, one of those was Thin Lizzy. Yeah, was that big yeah exactly. Because yeah. they were both Irish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Uh, Richard Swift from the Black Keys, 41. Wow. Yeah, that was one was surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um not well-versed in the Black Keys, to be good honest. Good stuff. Is good it? stuff, yeah. It's good stuff. You should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's It, it, it has a broad appeal, and not in a bubblegum poppy sort of way, but very kind of, I want to say, bluesy, jazzy. Oh, cool. And maybe that's unfair, but, you know, they're they're not Nickelback. So. No. No, no, no. But who is? Uh, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie Mueller was cinematographer, um, did Dead Man, Dancer in the Dark, in Paris, Texas. Oh, wow. So, yeah. You know, speaking of Nickelback, it, it, it reminds me of something <laughs> that I heard this week that I thought was hilarious, and that was um, rock band literature. Uh-huh. And so the idea was that people um, take rock bands and mix it up with liter- literature titles. Okay. So um, Nickelback of Notre Dame <laughs> was one of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Fleetwood Macbeth. <laughs> the Ramones of the day. Um, wow, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So wow. You can find that online somewhere. Check it out. Uh, Takahiro Sato. He was an anime writer. Um, Sato Samajima and Saigo no Jugonichi. Someone out there is okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Oh, that guy. <laughs> um, Cloud Landsman, French documentarian. He did Showa. Oh wow. Yep. He's gone. Uh, Jim Malloy, recording engineer, worked with Henry Mancini and Johnny Cash. Wow. Uh, this one surprised me. Ed Schultz from The Ed Show that used to be on, what, MSNBC or... Mm, oh, okay. Older yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah, in yeah. trouble for popping off when he shouldn't have. Yeah, and then, yeah. then you heard vaguely that he had gotten sick, and then and now he's gone. Uh, we're going to skip that. T- uh, no, we're not. Um, seven members of the Aum Shinriku cult um, were hung 
Um, they were respon- in Japan. They were responsible for the 1995 Tokyo subway sarin attack. If wow, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. They hung them. They still do that. Uh, yeah, we we still hang in the United States. Do we really? Yeah. I am so monumentally naive, man. <laughs> Fuck. That just seems so barbaric. <laughs> but 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 honestly, it should have been Sapuku, right? It yeah, should have been yeah, knife yeah, yeah, yeah. slash and to be headed. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Steve Ditko, famous comic writer. Wow. Huge. Huge. Yeah, a lot of people were bu- are really bummed about Ditko. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he was he was the other half of the beginning of uh, Marvel. All of that know. stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the the finally, um, there's a Russian gymnastic coach who passed. I just bring him up because his name was Boris Orlov. When <laughs> <laughs> I, I read it, I thought Boris Karloff. <laughs> no, Boris Orlov. Moving on to news, um, the Men in Black reboot. So here's here's what that is. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson was Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok. Right. They are one of them is the student and one of them is the the is the, the dude. Yeah. The boss will be played the Rip Torn will okay. be played by Liam Neeson. And somewhere in there Kumel Najani. Uh the whole thing pisses me off and it shouldn't happen. Yeah, agreed. So, so Helmsworth is Helmsworth is now zero for two on remakes. So, why does he want to be zero for three? I, I don't know. At some point, people it buys have you a become, house in Malibu. Yeah, I've become convinced that that guy can do comedy, and he can to a certain extent. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, well, I mean, Ghostbusters took a giant horrible shit. The the reboot of Red Dawn. Giant horrible oh, shit. I forgot he was in there. Oh, right. yeah, so I, mean, I mean, I won't even watch it. So I, you know, full transparency. I I grew up in my formative years in Spokane. I can tell you, I, it would take all of China to invade Spokane to have an even chance. There's more guns per capita in Spokane than probably anywhere <laughs> else in the United States, and people know how to use them. So if North Korea shows up, all five foot three of them, they're <laughs> fucked. That's hilarious. Uh, let's see. Um, this is this is Quentin Tarantino supposedly cried after seeing the Suspiria remake. Wow! Right? What? Okay. I, so I, is he? He's going to tweet that out with a Me Too hashtag? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I keep hearing really good things. Okay. And and so it makes me almost want to see it. Yeah, now almost. that I have movie pass, <laughs> ching. Uh, so this Ahmed Best, best uh, known as the guy who played Jar Jar Binks, right? Um, in an uh-huh. interview, uh-huh. talked about ha- that he contemplated suicide. I saw that after the release of Episode One, mostly because of uh, fan reaction. So I saw a meme that was like a tic tac toe board. And there was, there was at least nine actors who had who have either left Instagram or left Facebook or left Twitter because fans are dicks. Yeah. And they won't, you know, leave them alone about some plot whatever that should whatever have been they, in their right. version of Solo. Right. It's you know that the downside of technology is no consequence. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
people say people would say far less shitty things and far more constructive things if they had to have conversations in person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that gets back to you know the civil discourse conversation. It's like just don't be shitty. Yeah. It, it's not it's not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. How about and, you don't be an asshole? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I, I commented when you posted that up on, on Facebook. It's I feel really bad for that dude because you know he was an up he was an aspiring actor. He wanted to to feed his family or put his name. And you have an opportunity to be part of Star Wars. You're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault that George Lucas is a fucking moron and maybe latent racism. Right? Yeah. 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 The, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, imagine that swing. Yeah, you know, from I'm gonna be a millionaire and have my own toy to everyone hates everyone me. Everyone hates me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you s- are the 21st century version of Sambo, right? You know what I, right. I I will say that I would love um, somewhere in Episode Nine, like a super grizzled Jar Jar Binks coming. He's lost an ear and an eye, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he's just this like. Have one of the raid boys do his body movements <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's a total <laughs> badass. Yeah. Just to go, fuck you, the fam. He's thinking you're going to die. <laughs> Me, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to do the Misa voice. But yeah. Yeah, I like a snake pliskin. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Maybe yeah. he doesn't even talk anymore. <laughs> his tongue, his tongue is ripped out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, because someone got annoyed with his bullshit and yeah, his funny way of talking. Like, I like I've it. Taken away my ability to offend you, and now, and now you're just gonna taste my steel. That's right. All right, uh, Linda they Hunt. Pay with rivers of blood. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I would so fucking watch that movie, dude. Uh, John Wick, Jar Jar Binks, dude. dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're gonna get. It's just called Jar Jar. <laughs> Binks. It's just Binks. All right. Linda Hamilton. L- Linda Hunt was in a, a car accident and was hospitalized. Oh wow. Um, this is interesting. Sort of. Um, the Many Saints of Newark is a prequel scripted by David Chase and Alan Taylor to The Sopranos. That's the good news. Uh-huh. Bad news is it's being directed by Alan Haler, or Alan Taylor, who did Thor Dark World and Terminator Genesis. <laughs> oh my god. So weird. Yeah. So like Yeah. Why I mean I don't understand. Like it was were we re- were we really calling for a supremacy? I heard something the other day where this director and who had done like uh uh what was it? Um uh, one of those cheerleader movies, like uh, set it off or whatever. Yeah, 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 something like that, and then something else, and then and he was doing some gritty. Th- and I'm like, I was thinking about the contrast between somebody like that who's just basically a whore, uh-huh. uh, and somebody like Del Toro who has a vision mm-hmm. and ha- you know what I mean. And yeah. it's like, and it seems like more and more Hollywood is wanting to hug these dudes that are just, you know, like, insert, you know, subject here. And, and, and it doesn't well, really... I think when you get to, like, the level of Marvel films and that kind of thing, yeah. they already know what they want. They just need you to deliver it. Right, exactly. And, and so they don't want auteurs. They don't want super creative people. They just want someone who's going to 
Yeah. You know. That's why that's why those dudes got fired from the solo movie, mm -hmm. you know, because they were yeah. trying to do their own thing. Uh, and it's also why, you know, somebody who's a visionary like Yui Bull has no longer has a career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, that, though, that... Uh, uh, never mind. Um, Child's Play reboot is coming from the producers of it. Because for no reason why? Because Brad Dourif <sighs> needs a new. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's dumb. <laughs> he needs to be able to buy a pack of cigarettes finally. <laughs> uh, they they announced that they cast Miles Teller from Whiplash as uh, Goose's son in Top Gun Two. Oh my God! Yeah. Stop it! They've also said a Val Kilmer is going to show up. Just stop. Head bloated. Yes, the diabetic <laughs> Val Kilmer as Iceman is going to show up. By the way, have you seen the the pictures of Linda Hamilton for the new Terminator yeah. movie? Yeah. yeah, I like. If, I think I mean, she's if, great. If nothing else, badassery. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. she was always that way. Yeah, you know that was the thing when you saw the when when you first saw T two after seeing Terminator, and you suddenly she's yoked like she's that. like holy shit. Yeah, and then it yeah it sells it. Yeah. yeah, it was it was hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Yvette Nicole Brown is taking over for Chris Hardwick on Talking Dead. I guess Chris Hardwick had a girlfriend that when they broke up, she said things about him and it, AMC fired him and yeah, he got hashtagged. Yeah, he got hashtagged. Yeah. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are doing a new musical called Waves. Trent Reznor uh, Broadway musical? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, he. I. I think his uh, his um, score work in the last few years Great. is better than his. Uh, the new Nine Inch Nails is terrible. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Idris Elba will play the lead villain in the Fast and Furious spinoff with I don't care. Jason Statham and <laughs> The Rock. Still, never seen any of those movies. Gonna me keep neither. that streak alive. Yeah, me neither. Bam. I'm I'm giving you a virtual high five, John. <laughs> Returned. Yeah. I, I would I you know, I hear there's cool shit in them, but uh, maybe I'll go on YouTube one night and look at like Fast and Furious cool shit. I want to see the, what was the original Fast and Furious movie? It had um who was the guy that played in The Fugitive? The original. What? The original the, <laughs> Richard the, Jansen? Richard Jansen, I think, is in the first Fast and Furious movie way back. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nothing to do with this current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legendary Pictures is doing a live-action Gundam, like an American-made Gundam. Okay. Cool. Yeah, cool. It'll look like giant robots. Has only worked once. Robot jocks. Twice, <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the Pacific Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim was cool. Yeah, it works like there, but for the most part, yeah, robot yeah. even robot jocks didn't land the way it should have. Well, no, but I mean, it was an Empire. You know, it was a Charlie. It was a band film. So. Mm -hmm. Well, you uh, know, the rumors are going to do a live action of Robotech, right? Really? Yeah, that's the rumor. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, rumors and and. And what have you? Uh, Alien TV series. 
has been the idea is bouncing around and uh, people are talking about it being made enough that they wrote an article there's on it. so much stuff there now that like that could mean a lot of different things and it could be good or bad mm-hmm. uh, I think well thanks <laughs> TV series <laughs> TV series means you can slow every yeah, and the one thing yeah, exactly. that was I think wrong with Prometheus and Covenant was that a lot of happened in way too quick of a pace yeah 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 so being able to slow things down might be cool yeah Ridley might be able to redeem himself in the eyes of fans. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I like both of those movies. I, no, I, I know that. I'm yeah. in the minority. I realize that. No, I'm right there with you. I, I enjoyed them for what they were. Yeah. But I also think Ridley Scott himself has moved on past the Xenomorph. Oh. He wants to tell something else. Yeah. Um, He's tired of that. Hand off. Let someone else do a Xenomorph film. That would be badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really the reason why everyone loves those films. And not Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Renner was cast in Bloomhouse's Spawn with Jamie Foxx as Spawn. Okay. Just saying. I don't know. You know, I don't hate Spawn, mm-hmm. the, the movie. Um, I don't either. I, I thought it was it was fine. Um, I dug the... Uh, uh, you know what? What I can't remember the name of that thing. Whatever that big monster. The violator. Is. The violator. Thank you. I was <laughs> going to say the eliminator. <laughs> Almost as dumb. Uh, uh, I thought he was really cool. Yeah. Uh, Even Leguizamo was the clown. It, the was clown cool. was, was was cool. Yeah. yeah. Melinda Clark was in that movie, yeah. and um, it's not a terrible movie. Michael Jai White as Spawn. Dude, Michael Jai White was. He's legit. I don't know why that guy isn't a bigger star. I don't either. Like. You know, I give him. Sasha Baron Cohen planning a Trump, quote unquote, Trump project. Okay. But there's also <laughs> talk that he's going to bring back um, an Ali G kind of thing, which I'd be kind of into. Yeah. Okay. That might be fun. The Trump project, I don't know that it'd be too easy. I think it's there's such a lack of humor on that side. The th- you know that, the thing about other than, other than the yuckster that is Mike Huckabee, right? Well, you know, the thing about Trump as opposed to other, you know, folks that we have poked fun at in the past uh, uh, as political leaders is that um, it's so, it's so heavy, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's it's almost like this isn't fun, you, you know. Yeah. Well, I think, and Baron Cohen, with who does not give any fucks and will say anything to anybody. Right, right. It might be entertaining. Yeah. It might be like watching a child fall from a seven-story building. Right, exactly. So... It it has a chance. I mean, better than any of the the more documentaries that I'm sure will be released over the next two years. There's there's one coming. Yeah. Uh, But but I I see it kind of like Seinfeld, though. It's like, it's such an easy topic. Yeah. What's the fun? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith says that when he has a heart attack, he had smoked a joint. And his doctors commented that being high, he was calm during during his whole heart attack. Right. It and sounded he, like that. Yeah. He had this. He said he had this ob- objectivity to it. It was like s- something that he was watching from mm. a step away because he was stoned. Yeah. yeah. I could totally believe that saved his life because if he wasn't in a highly anxious state, you know, he's not pushing his blood pressure even higher. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not surprised at all that that could have saved his life. Yeah. Yeah. Have so, you seen that that thing for Hollyweed? Yeah. Yeah. I think that looks terrible. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what gets me is is that uh the ads that I've seen for it 
Um, it says uh, no ID, no problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. You have to have an ID. Yeah, that's absolutely. the first thing. I ask elderly people every day for their IDs. Look, man, if you don't want this taken away, yeah. you got to play Stop by the rules. Stop being about yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. We... Well, anyway, that's all <laughs> we, we we freak out if someone open you if you open the container that their shit comes in. Yeah, everyone panics at that point. It's it's a huge yeah. problem. Uh, let's see. Um, Netflix is planning an Austrian thriller that imagines Sigmund Freud tracking a serial killer in 19th century Vienna called Freud. Called Freud. Yeah, looks good. Yeah, I think if you like The Alchemist. Yeah, that kind of stuff, absolutely. So, uh, they announced today, John Wick 3 will now be called John Wick Parabellum. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, think it, I just I, don't understand. <laughs> like, John Wick the Quickening. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, I mean, they're, they're making, they're, they're associating the third movie to a firearm. Okay, I think, spoiler alert, there's going to be guns in it. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Jesus. Yeah, I know. Uh, John Wick, Desert Eagle. <laughs> next. I, I just, I don't want this to end up like uh, the Matrix trilogy, right? Where the third movie then becomes all spiritual, preachy. What the hell did I just watch? And, and where? I, why I are these guys? Make- I, I don't have a whole lot of faith because I think they're going. Inherently, with what they did in, in two, they're going in the wrong direction. I think. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom just passed a a, a billion dollars. I, I I like hearing that because um, I like, well, you know, making money. Yeah, making money. It's dinosaurs. Yeah, there's practical dinosaurs in this as opposed to the the first one. We're so, we're gonna go in the next couple of days, either tonight. Or and tomorrow. it looks like a horror. It'll film. be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, also, did, did we talk about the fact that they're remaking? Yeah, we did. Point Blank, the Lee Marvin movie. Did we talk oh about that? God. I know. I don't. I just so. really we're just brought it up to hear John's <laughs> make that sound. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. What happened to the last original idea in Hollywood? I know. It died. It totally died. Uh, this is cool. They have an uncut Deadpool two that they're really? they're going to show at San Diego Comic Con. Oh, cool! Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, let's see. Margot Robbie says R rated Birds of Prey film could start shooting in January. Okay. Yes, if you're into that, Carly sure. Quinn. There, the, I'm I'm kind of interested because it. It, that would mean, I think, the Huntress, which is like a female Batman, right, um, with guns and shit. So that would be fun. Yeah. Maybe. I'm surprised we didn't talk about Batman today. I'm a little surprised that Dark Knight didn't make the list. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, think about it. Uh, and then finally, Elvis Costello um, canceled his European tour after a cancer operation. Yeah. What did he have cancer of? They haven't said yet. I don't think. I don't think so. Hmm. But but probably I mean if it was small but aggressive I'm imagining either testicular or uh, um, prostate hmm. testicular prostate or colon yeah wow. yeah wow hmm. all of which are are survivable survivable yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
All right. Get checked, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just had my first colonoscopy last week, as Did a matter you? of fact. Yeah, so I know I am no longer full of shit. Rim shot. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was definitely one of those, you know, it's it's time to figure this shit out. Yeah. It's uh, not, the worst part of it isn't the procedure itself. No, it's the cleansing. Yeah, it's the yeah, drinking yeah, that yeah. crazy yeah. shit. And yeah. yeah. Gavelite. Yeah. Uh, moving on to trailers. Uh, the first one up is a film called The Bombing with um, Bruce Willis. What? What? Okay, I I know nothing about this movie. I don't either. Is it the bombing? Is it the bombing of, of um, the fire bombing of Tokyo? Uh, it seemed like it. Four words from that trailer: Red Tails for Asians. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I I, I, I kind of it kind of irked me when like these Japanese guys are like. Literally, the line is permission to let us go kick ass, sir. Yeah. To, yeah. to Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah first what? of all, what won't Bruce Willis do now? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I take I want to see out of Bruce Willis is uh, Comedy Central's doing a roast of Bruce Willis. Sure. And that's going to be <laughs> fucking brutal. That will be good. Um, um, this is just war porn. It's extremely well-made war porn. It looks good. I mean, the explosions were cool. Uh, you know, none of that exists in the real world. Yeah, but it looked cool. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I never watched this movie no. in a million years. <laughs> oh God, no. Now, mostly, I just wanted to, us to, if we ever, if anything we wanted to say about Bruce Willis, we can, we just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I had to make sure it wasn't written by George Lucas when I heard that line. Right. <laughs> like, I was like, "Fuck, it, it is. It's, it's Red Tails." Yeah. This is, this is going to end poorly. Yes. So. Uh, breaking and exiting, home robber finds a suicide, and it seems like they a relationship blossoms. Yeah. Um, interesting. Quirky. Quirky. Uh, quirky interesting. Um, I would watch this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a guy who's 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 trying to get. It sounds like he's trying to get out of like being a a, a, a robber. Mm-hmm. Uh, finds this girl in. He's robbing this place, and he finds this girl in the bathtub. She's taken. You know, an exuberant amount of pills in an attempt to kill herself, and then the the rest of his struggle is trying to convince her that she needs to be alive, and her struggle is to convince him is like this is my life, mm-hmm. and you know, fuck you for fucking with it. Right. In the in the meantime, we fall in love, and yeah. right. It kind of it kind of reminded me in a weird way of the. Sunset Limited, where two people are arguing their points of view and trying to convince the other. Right. Um, and in the process, this yeah, I, I would have I could have done without the implied I, and they fell in love. What you know? Why can't it just be a discussion between two people? But okay, I get it. One of the things we about this trailer is, is is something that I hope we get to talk to Gatto about one one of these days. And it's like I feel like I've seen the whole movie. Now. Yeah, a couple of weeks yeah. we're yeah. gonna talk to Gatto. Yeah. Um. John's quiet over there. I, I no, I'm just I'm hoping it has clerks like dialogue so I can get into it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it seemed like that's what they were kind of going for. Yeah. yeah. Next up, a film called By Bust, a Filipino-made action film. Looked kind of like the raid. Featured so, a girl as the main care about it because 
clearly there's Filipino martial arts involved. There, there's some cool knife shit in there, man. Yeah. And even even just for that one shot of the guy pincushioning that other dude. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just yeah. like, cha 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 It's like, that's what it's like. That's <laughs> what it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. <laughs> but John said that the guy, who's the guy? Oh, uh, damn it. Um, he's a... That's why I need to write shit down. <laughs> he's a he's a fighter. One of the guys is a UFC fighter. Oh, Brandon Vera. Yeah. Brandon uh, Vera. Oh, okay. So, you know, UFC. It's it's kind of... What was her name? The the kickboxer gal that got into movies after she got her ass kicked by Cyborg. You know, I'm so, thinking uh, Gina, of... Gina Carano. Yeah. It, it To me, it had kind of that feel for Vera. So I'm mm-hmm. like, eh... But the knife stuff, I think, would be worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just because I'm I'm old and slow, and that shit fascinates me. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. the other thing is, like, I I grew up watching. Well, grew up as a young adult. I watched a lot of Filipino action movies, mm-hmm. and they were generally really bad. And, yeah, and, and 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 at the very least, now it all looks cool. It does look cool. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm in. Anytime there's a foreign film where I can actually understand what the people are saying without reading subtitles, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, this is, next up is a trailer for a TNT series that I I've heard is vaguely based on the Black Dahlia murder. Um, Chris Pine. It's, it's directed by uh, Patty Jenkins. It's called I Am the Night. Feels kind of like um, if a you, noir. Kind if you of thing. took True Detective and Twin Peaks. And kind of mixed them together and put them in the south. That's what this feels like. Yeah, to me. yeah, yeah. In other words, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it yeah. looks cool. I, I can see where there's a fa- rabid fan base for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next up, the immortal Thai horror um, guy tries to or person tries to find the key to immortality. Yeah, and it looked like a pretty much straight movie until we get that shot of the roots of that tree digging yeah, in. Right. Uh, I, I admit, I did not have my glasses on, so I could not read the subtitles. Yeah. So I have no idea what's going I, on. Well, I included the list just because I, anytime I, we have an opportunity to look at genre from another country, mm-hmm. I think I'd rather watch this. Is this Thai or Vietnamese? I thought it was Thai. It might very well be I think Vietnamese. It's Vietnamese. But I'd ra- much rather watch a trailer for a film like this than I would another Marvel movie. Right, or exactly. I w- I'd be interesting just from the style and the cinematography because it looks like it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can sometimes I can just kind of sit back and I don't necessarily have to. I can vaguely understand what they're doing or saying, but if if it's visually stunning, I mean, it's I, I can get sucked into that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, the the school, which is not to bury the lead about looks like a haunted school, um, felt very European in its making. Yeah. Uh, was this the one that looked like Silent Hill to me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, if it has aspects of a Serbian film, then I'm in. Otherwise, uh, I, I might pass. I think it, it's more. It, it felt more akin to the like. The orphanage, or maybe even some of the French films. Didn't we see something just recently that was like about a boarding school? Yeah, it kind of felt like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, I mean, it's a common. Yeah, it's a haunted place. Haunted place. Uh, finally, only seven this week. Um, UFO. Gillian Anderson is a looks to be in a. It looks kind of like an X Files episode for kids. Kinda. Um, uh, something. Absurd. 
uh, David Strathorn is in it, supporting acting, and uh, there's a lot of like there's a conspiracy going on. Yeah, and, and you have to understand the code, man. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah 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 blah. Um, this looks fine. I think it, it again. It, it felt like, um, uh, like a like an X Files episode where instead of Scully, what's what's the name of it? Um, UFO. UFO, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I better got I better see a goddamn spaceship, right? Because <laughs> I didn't see one in the trailer. But Julia Anderson looks like she breezed in. They put a ridiculous wig on her. Yeah. And yeah. She breezes in and like. Says a couple of concerns. Like, oh, let's sounding get the X Files chick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it looks like uh, just just kind of stylistically, it, it feels like a Bourne movie. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me in a weird way of Chronicle. Yeah, mm. you know. Yeah, it yeah. was like uh, it was like. Wait a minute. What was the what was the cool alien movie where where the where the chick had to like figure out Amy Adams. Is that her name? Arrival. Arrival. Yeah. It, it, it was like that without the cool shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hear this Amy Adams thing that's on HBO, Sharp Objects, is really good. Okay. Really good. I, I'm, I'm still convinced, man. Some of the best stuff being made today is on cable channels. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so, going around the table, has what have you seen lately, John? Uh, it's been Popcorn Fair, uh, Incredibles 2, uh, the Marvel movies, uh, Don't Curse Me Too Much, um, and really just kind of getting caught up on re-watching some, some old ones for me. So Life of Brian. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I did watch, uh, God, what was it? Uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, which is always kind of a fun popcorn movie for me. Yeah, it's that's fun. one of my wife's Christmas movies. That's a cool yeah. movie, yeah. It's, a, it's enjoyable. So it's just kind of kind of that. That stuff. I did rewatch uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, I think I appreciated it more on the rewatch. Mm. Uh, I still think it wasn't really a casting stretch for uh, Ryan Gosling to play an emotionless, you know, semi human. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of his thing. Yeah. But but yeah, it was just just kind of going through the list of currents. Right on. You uh, in preparation for this movie that I'm really excited about, Mara. Um, or, right. or welcome to Marin. Yeah, um, I went back and rewatched Marin Call. Yeah, that's an amazing documentary, and it just is endlessly fascinating to me. Um, and uh, and I'm not going to go on and on about it, but I could because it, it, it is. If if you guys haven't seen it, watch Marin Call. It is amazing. Right on. Uh, we have Movie Pass, and so my wife and I have decided that we're going to just. By hook of my crook, we're going to watch that movie a day. And that's what we're trying. Wow. So, Saw Incredibles 2. Yeah. On um, on something called Rick Simpson Oil. And that made it, was, that was awesome. <laughs> something I got, something okay, it was awesome. It made nice. Incredible 2 awesome. Um, uh, then I saw Hereditary. Yeah. Uh, Hereditary is a challenging view, I think. Some people are going to really like it. Some people are going to really hate it. Um, I was sort of between the two. I think the guy's an amazing filmmaker. It's his first film. From here on, now that he has an audience and some money, it's going to be crazy good. This is like his cell. Hopefully the next thing he does is the fall. Hopefully. Um... And then on video, I watched uh, Takashi Miyake's Blade of the Immortal. Um, 
two uh, two hours and seventeen minutes. It's way too long. Um, and all it is is set I, pieces. I feel well. I was going to say when I saw the trailer for Blade of the Immortal, I I felt like, okay, so here's the gag. Uh huh. And that's it. You yeah. Know, it, like it's like here's it's the, exactly that. Here's the cool thing. His fighting style is just to trap the uh, and his enemy's weapon within his chest. Yeah. And then kill the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot of him stumbling around and being injured. Let me accept your blade into my stomach so I can clench my stomach muscles yeah. around it and wrench it. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> it's it's cool. Um, it's some of the violence is sort of doom good, where you like there's this him him on a mountain road, covered in blood with two swords, winded, and there are hundreds of bodies, you know, along sure. along the road, sure. you know, that kind of thing. It's the Frazetta painting. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's fun as fuck, but again, at two and a half hours, my wife had already fallen asleep, <laughs> and I was like going, oh, we got to wrap this up, because it was just a little too long. Uh, and then finally, a documentary called Wait for Your Laugh um, on the life and career of Rosemary from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Yeah, that looks great. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was great. And she talks about like being like nine and uh, someone's saying someone's they bring her outside because someone wants to talk to her and some man is there going whatever you want we'll do for you we'll get you with everything you have any trouble you talk to us and she's like uh, thanks and when she went inside the person that had got her was like telling her that was Al Capone you know so she had that kind of a relationship she talked it talks about how what a nice guy Bugsy Siegel was sure Amazing, yeah, 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 hmm. just absolutely amazing, um, and well worth. I unfortunately I don't know that it's streaming anywhere. I had to get it through like Netflix, you know, mail disky right. stuff. Uh, John, are you reading anything? Um, I've been reading a, I guess it's it's an unnecessarily controversial book called uh, Twelve Rules for Life. It's by a Canadian psychotherapist, and it's it's kind of data and anecdotal about how to get your own shit straight and be a better human. Hmm. Cool. Wow. So light reading. Those are those are those are always so interesting because there's always something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but, yeah. You, but you always feel like there's an ulterior motive, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's been interesting because what I'm finding is he. Where I'm seeing some of his biases, there is a, a level of religious bias that I wasn't expecting to see. But but now that I've identified it, I'm like, okay, I, I know the lens in which he's kind of presenting this. But he's also a, a clinical psychologist who's been doing this for like 25 years or so. So it, it's it's kind of nice. The stories are good. Uh, they're pretty entertaining. And his approach is really, you know, stuff. Don't be a piece of shit. Be a good human and be confident in yourself. And here are the things you should consider doing. Hmm. I like it. Yeah, huh? You uh, reading? I went. I it's you know it's like me with everything. I don't read. I don't do anything new. Mm. Um, but <laughs> I've been going back and and rereading uh, Sarah Val's Assassination Vacation. Oh, cool. Uh, which is uh, uh, didn't I just hear they're making a movie of that? I I hope so because it's excellent. It's great. Um, where she goes across. I first of all, I love Sarah Val. Uh huh. Um, and in particular, it, it, it's a lot better as an audio book as it is than than a, a, a written book because they get different people to come in and do the voices of the different presidents. That's always cool. It's so cool. Yeah, 
um, yeah, if you get a chance to check it out, it's basically her going across the country and and checking out different places where um, presidents were assassinated or attempted assassinations, and and uh, uh, it's hilarious and it's great. Wow. Do you know how you learn? I just learned that there, there's our, there are planned tours that you can take on the internet. Not that they lead you there, but they'll show you where they all, all the sites are. Mm-hmm. Where you can go to famous, like the stairs for in Georgetown for The Exorcist and the yeah the Texas Chainsaw Massacre place and yeah and, and yeah. that about it. That's crazy. People are making money doing all kinds of shit, Tom. Huh? I know. I'm, we need to take note. <laughs> uh, I'm reading Andrew Vox's Strega, which is it's a big muscly book about it's a Burke one of his Burke novels. Mm. Um, the best thing I've pulled out of it so far uh, is a, the line: um, "Young blood runs hot, and hot blood gets spilled." <laughs> I just love that. In fact, I put that up on Facebook, and and uh, Vox is all, hey, hey, that's as true as it was ever the day I wrote that. It's pretty cool. Uh, going around the table, uh, let's talk about. Uh, is there anything that we're, we've heard recently that we want to address? Bring up. Uh, go ahead and kick this one off, Tom, if you would. All right, go ahead. Do you have anything? I have um, a lot. I've been <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of the Bridge City Sinners. Okay. Um, from Portland. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm I'm really trying hard to try to get them up here for uh, the Night Gallery for Bleeding Hands. Oh, that's, we'll, that'd we'll be see awesome. If that works out. So then I found out this local bar that works here, Caleb Coila, and the Posies are playing. Wow, which which one? Uh, Wild Buffalo. Oh yeah, the Buffalo the has been Caleb Coila, dude. Here, that sounds so weird. The the Buffalo's been killing it, man. Yeah. Ever, ever since I I went and saw like. Uh, 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 the Reverend Horton Heat and the fucking Voodoo Glow Skulls. Yeah, I was just like, what? Yeah, what? Uh, I'm really excited, man. Yeah. September 22nd, my birthday this year. Dropkick nice. Murphys, Dropkick Murphys, and Flogging Molly. Oh, that's gonna be oh. great. I've that seen them great. both separately, but never. It's gonna be a night of Irish Tom Hoot Nanny. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, f- go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the only two things I have coming up, um, my brother's retirement, is um, Garbage and uh, Jack White. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, we, we got those tickets for our anniversary because it's the, quite literally the day before our anniversary, so we're, oh, we treated perfect. ourselves. Yeah, nice. so it'll be fun. That'll be, that'll be a good time. Right now. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I got a lot of stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, st- <laughs> write them down. I, if if I if if I mention them, it'll, it's because they're they're I threw out a bunch of stuff that was terrible. But here we go. Right. A band called Map of the record is called A Northern Star, A Perfect Stone, Celestial Version. Ambient stuff, <laughs> super good, super mellow, super super chill. Um, bass player Marcus Miller um, has an album called Laid Black. Uh, Good in places, and then he covers songs that never in a million years should be covered by a jazz band. Um, so that's a little spotty. Band called Joachim, the Studio Venezia Sessions, ain't more ambient. <laughs> I found a band called ARP, A R P. Uh-huh. I listened to a record called Zebra and another one called The Soft Wave. More ambient, more super. I'm trying to get in the headspace of writing, you know, and sure, I just can't. Sure, sure. Yeah, this is the kind of music that really supports that. Yeah, I do. 
I need that stuff really bad. And then, uh, let's see. Kevin Lax's score for The First Purge. I got I to tell you, I, I saw the trailer for this first Purge movie. I, I don't. I got kind of a problem with this. I don't know that this is a really good thing to be putting out in the universe. I, I, I don't like the Purge movies saying. in general. Uh, let's see. Uh, but the score is good. It's it's perfect for working and that okay. kind of thing. Very jarring, very dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I do have one other thing I, okay. I'll mention as far as... Uh, I found a twofer of uh, Jer- uh, Jerry Goldsmith's score for Our Man Flint and In Like Flint. Nice! And it's so good. That is a score. It's, so, <laughs> it's the same theme a thousand times in different ways, <laughs> but it's great. Um, and then uh, I found a... It was listed by the band Cluster, which is an old synthesizer band from Germany from the 70s. Uh, one of my favorite keyboard players, Conrad Schnitzler is in that band. Schnitzler. But um, anyway, it said Cluster, so I got it. Turns out it's a band Cluster with a K. Record's called Civic. It's dream pop, kind of with an edge. Okay. And the worst thing I heard all week was uh, Pitbull and Jorge Gomez did the score to Gotti, <laughs> the John Travolta Gotti thing. <laughs> And it's it's some of the silliest stuff you've ever heard. It's heavy, you know, super dramatic. Sounds with, perfect for this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should um, make sense of dubstep. And then what happened to dubstep. <laughs> it's so funny. I just uh, I'm trying to remember what the guy's name was. One of these comics I'm about to mention just did this whole thing on dubstep. Uh, new records are out by Arian, Arian Napur, Dean Napolitano. There's a new George Lopez, Jay Chris Newsberg, Tyler Bowe, Justin McKinney, and Zoltan Kazaz. Um, comedy records. And they're all solid. They were all amusing. They were all funny. You gonna, uh, you, you're going to go see Rob Schneider at the casino? No! <laughs> Not in a million years would I go see that. That guy... Well... Yeah. Uh, I, I, I rediscovered the joy of Mars. Um, pump up the volume. Oh, wow! <laughs> Which I had not... I had not heard pump up the volume since... I was in the army, so this is like the late '80s, right? Uh-huh. And uh, you know, and at the time, I didn't pay any attention to it because it wasn't Zeppelin or you know whatever else I was listening to. And I was driving yesterday, and pump up the volume comes on the radio, and I'm just like, "This is fucking badass! I love this! I love this!" Dude, <laughs> next week you'll be like yeah. white lines. Yeah, <laughs> put the needle on the record. I, yeah. <laughs> hey, I have that sound in one of my workout rotations, so yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. you need that. Well, kind of it's thing. just it, like like it was kind of um, and an, an, uh, uh, a revelation to me. It was like this is uh, you know I listened to all this electronic you know synth uh, driven stuff you know uh. retro synth wave whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, this is this is like this weird bridge between that shit and and dance music, and it's like, I I was all about it, man. Mars needs women, and they need them now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me. I heard um, Africa Bombata yeah. and, and John Lydon with the uh, oh yeah, um, World Destruction. Remember that photo 
of them like jogging. They were like jogging. <laughs> it's like this photo in like Rolling Stone from like when that first came out. Uh, and I just I was looking at it as a kid and I'm, or as a teenager, and I'm just like, that's so weird. That's so right. weird that Johnny Rotten is jogging. First hey. of all. <laughs> that's weird. Africa Bombada's jogging. Jogging. And and they're they're jogging, jogging together. together. Have you seen? There's a uh, YouTube has a. Uh, Kevin Nealon has a show called Hiking with Kevin where it's him. He literally has his phone on a selfie stick and it's like him and uh, Bobcat Goldthwait walking through the hills of LA. <laughs> Rosanna Arquette's been on it. Um, Caitlyn Jenner was on it and they're they're walking through like the hiking trail. So it's like his version of like, you know, comedians in yeah. cars with yeah, yeah, coffee. Yeah. New season of That's that just, just dropped. And Chappelle is one of them. Uh, John Mulaney is one of the guests. Have, have we talked about the James Corden thing with Paul McCartney? No! Dude, that thing was amazing! It is amazing. It is. Yeah, it is. That's so cool! Yeah, it's, it's like, one of those viral videos that I looked at and I was like, I don't know, but I'm really Dude, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Very cool. All right. I think, I think we're done. We're, we're kind of done. We're done early. This is awesome. Uh, John, what are you up to these days? Oh, you know, just. Uh, that is a fantastic question. Um, just trying to just continue. Yeah, just kind of trying to reorient with life and nice. make sure my priorities are in line. Right on, right on. And, and you? Uh, it's it's the time of year where it's all bleeding ham all I the time. I forgot that is coming up. Yeah, it's coming up, man. We went in, uh, uh, to check out the venue the other day, and it's, dude. Night gallery this year. Gonna be cool. Holy shit! And I don't work at night. Holy it's shit! Go. It's gonna be, be awesome. nice. Yeah, it's gonna be that off, is awesome. Off the proverbial chain. It uh, better be because this venue's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I haven't written a word in a month, and I need to. I owe some book. And are you okay with that, or is no, it? Is it? Is no, it I, I need, I'm working on something. I need. I just I just can't pull it together. Yeah. You know it's. There are there are there are certain hazards to working in a weed store. I was just store. gonna say, well, <laughs> but I was just gonna say working uh, like uh, kind of more regular hours. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, I'm doing like I was at work today at nine a.m., yeah. which is crazy it's for me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're gonna get on it. We're gonna get on it. Uh, uh, let's see. Please go to our Patreon page at Patreon.com/slash Bonus Material Podcast. Um, we're still gearing up on the, the the real official launch on stuff. Yes. And um, but it's a way that uh, you can, if you are amenable to throw us a few shekels, to uh, uh, we're planning on upgrading mics and we're gonna we're gonna upgrade mics and 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 make make the show a little nicer to listen to. Mm. What I'm looking forward to is if we get to the point where we can start to to. Um, Go to some events and yeah. do some. Uh, uh, um, We're planning stuff like shirts, t-shirts. And there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, stuff and like that. So, so yeah, we're cool. You guys are the ones that make that happen. And Facebook page and all that other stuff. Please, if you could go to Amazon. Um, my books are there, and uh, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Yeah, so check that. Buy out. those books. Yeah, that's please. right. Uh, we're good. Next week, I have no idea what we're doing. It's going to be badass. It is going to be badass. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is next week the 21st? I don't know. 
14th. No, not yet. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. I need to talk to you about the 21st. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again for coming on, John. You guys. Oh, you, thanks always, for having me. You rock. You totally John, rock. awesome. Thank you very much. Pleasure, my gentlemen. And one of these times, I'll uh, I'll have to come up to Bellingham and do it in person. Yeah, oh, let's yeah. do that. That'd be rad. That would be so cool. Only right. Lorelai Shannon has has ventured. Yes. Up the, the, those dark stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the uh, Bonus Pajero Podcast, I'm Tom Carnell. I'm John Edwards. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary. So what? Eat deal.